0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. It is Beyond the Mat, a Wrestle Talk Wednesday edition, and we have a very special guest with us. She is the anti-wrestling fan, wrestling fan. She is the leader of the MWO. She is Shayna Hill. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the second episode. Um, and we're going to be talking about your guy, William Regal.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I, I'm going to be completely transparent here. I wasn't a big fan of his. And now, hear me out. I remember him as the Blue Bloods with... Uh, Bobby Eaton. that's mm-hmm. what I remember and then he came to WWE and became the man's man and like that lost me completely
1: I didn't like that either
0: <laughs> so and then I went off to college and kind of like I from 2000 to 2005 six, I kind of just didn't pay attention to wrestling so I lost a lot so that's mm-hmm. where my disconnect with Regal is. Like I'm like I've heard good things about him, like in that period that I missed, but I'm just being completely transparent, I don't know a lot about the guy.
1: I'll forgive you. It's okay. That's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> so like what's your I guess we'll just start right in with what's your earliest like like
1: I don't No, it's so funny because I've been watching wrestling since I was four. Obviously, I haven't retained all that information. But one thing that I have always been is like a fan of people just totally out of the realm for people my age. Like growing up, people loved Hulk Hogan and the NWO and, you know, like the Attitude Era stuff. And me, I was... All for the mid-carters in WCW, William Regal, Fit Finley, Dean Malenko, Alex Wright, like, all of those guys. So, for me, I don't know if it's daddy issues or what it is, but, like, William Regal, his, like, attitude and the dapperness and the, like, I'm better than you type attitude was kind of like, oh, this guy's kind of cool, like... I don't, I don't really know what it was, but I was just drawn into like the blue bloods and the like air that he always had about himself. It just kind of pulled me in a little bit.
0: Okay. So, um, he had, like, I'm, again, I'm going off my notes that I was able to pull, like he obviously did a lot with the little he was given.
1: Yeah, and I think it's because of his personality, it was a lot bigger than the stories. And it's so funny because you can make a list of talent that came up in that era, you know, like a Lance Storm and a Fit Finley and William Regal. Like these guys are, without them, we wouldn't have a lot of the wrestling we have today, especially the women, like with a Fit Finley and a Lance Storm. But he, William Regal is one of those guys that always had more to give to the business than he was allowed to give. And we see that now. We've seen that since NXT started. We saw that in the Blackpool Combat Club when he left the WWE and did all of that. Like, he is solely responsible for, I don't want to say solely, but largely responsible for. Mm-hmm. NXT UK and a lot of the British talent that you see coming in Um, when he left it was almost like he felt comfortable leaving that talent in the hands of you know the WWE and we see what happened with NXT UK when he left (laughs) but hopefully now that he's back he will lend a hand a lot in NXT Europe and those ventures that you know they say that they're going into
0: now so the blue bloods who was like it's it's not a direct uh legal question but who was your favorite non-regal member was it levesque or was it bobby uh
1: probably levesque it it just it it fit, and i've always like when triple h was hunter hearst helmsley And, like, just that, like, pompous attitude. Like, I think William Regal and his acting. And Bobby Eaton, too, really. Just that, like, attitude. I think that without something like that, you wouldn't see what you see out of MJF. Or you wouldn't see that out of The Miz. Like, you wouldn't see that personality like you saw. But I would say Levesque is probably my choice for you know fitting him better and honestly like you know dave taylor dave taylor just like it they were what i expected all tag teams to be growing up and then of course i was you know disappointed when they all weren't as coherent as them but i think without the blue bloods in general you wouldn't see some of the pompous attitudes you see from a lot of talent today
0: so, we'll go right along with the blue blood stuff. Uh, that lasted about five years, from ninety four mm-hmm. from eighty from ninety four to ninety eight. Um, what was your favorite match? Like, what was your favorite moment or match of that?
1: Of that I match? am not the. I am not a historian in the wrestling business, so I actually was going to write that down. And in the middle of writing down my other notes, I forgot to go back. Um, So I was so young then that like nothing really sticks out other than their personality and the just the antics that they would do during their matches. They wouldn't want to touch people or you could tell like they would stick their nose up at people and just let them know that. Not only were they better than you in the ring, but they were better than you as a person. And then that kind of would attack your confidence and being able to wrestle them, even though they were doing some of the like just the craziest things. And then you had mentioned him going and becoming like the man's man and all that Vince Russo crap like that was the characters that they were as the blue bloods. That was a man's man. So, like, to flip it to the American, that was the British version of a man's man. Then he comes over to the WWF, and Vince Russo is like, that's not man enough. So let's have you be the stereotypical American. Let's have you look like the brawny paper towel man and, like, cut wood and do, like, all of that. And that was like a slap in the face to the actual man's man that he was not getting his hands dirty and having other people do the dirty work for him. So it was kind of like the same type of character, just a juxtaposition in how he was a man's man.
0: That's fair. Um, hey, <laughs> Haley, if you have any questions or anything to add, feel free to I jump do. in.
1: So she I do. She's British. She should I have plenty to ask. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we we constantly talk on
0: just are you there i think it's from blackpool
1: actually isn't am i having technical difficulties i can hear you now (laughs) okay so
0: not many people know but william regal isn't actually from blackpool he's from my county of staffordshire so if you if you're from the um us you'll have no clue what i mean but i do (laughs) Um, and it's quite great but what i want to know
1: is what is your best, we'll say era, what is your best William Regal era? So was it like King Regal, was it? I have my uh, notes. <laughs> 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 um, the Lord Stephen Regal. J- I liked the NXT era of William Regal. But I still prefer the, like, wrist-grabbing, head-bobbing, like, just the Lord William Regal in WCW with, you know, the Blue Bloods. That has to be my favorite wrestling era of William Regal. But my favorite, like, personal era of his has got to be what he's tried to do with international wrestling, with just getting eyes on guys like Pete Dunne And, you know, people from just all over the world that he's helped bring into the WWE.
0: So you were, then you were pretty happy when he, when he decided, you know what, Vince Russo is not for me. I'm going to WCW. You, so it's run from 99, 2000 before, um. uh ninety nine to two thousand before WCW's shutdown was the era that you prefer. Uh,
1: yeah, so um he ended up like I don't I don't know what to contribute to this but during during the nineties and early two thousands, I think a large part of professional wrestlers were dealing with some kind of substance abuse. So I think like I have here that like in 1999, he decided he had too big of a problem and he needed to go to rehab. So he went to rehab, he cleaned himself up. We know he had some issues with alcohol again, later on in his career. But when he was done with the Vince Russo stuff and just the uh, like man's man, it just, it hurt my soul. To see that because that was during a period of time where like I was getting ready to graduate high school and like I didn't focus as much on wrestling then so I've watched things back on the network and I'm like this is sad this is like I don't know what if Vince Russo is thinking you know William Regal was a man's man in this version but let me try I I don't know what Vince thinks with three quarters of the stuff that he's done but when he went back to WCW and with Lord Steven Regal, I appreciated that. I did like the, you know, the King of the Ring, William Regal, and that kind of stuff too. But that man's man lumberjack stuff, like I hated every second of that. <laughs> I hated it.
0: I mean, I have watched back a few, like just going back and watching some of the stuff that I missed from that block of uh, from 2001 2002 until like th- like 2007 like i missed about mm-hmm. five six years of wrestling and like just seeing some of the things i'm honestly glad i missed the whole eugene thing
1: <laughs> yeah and that sucks because he's another one of those characters that like most of the people during that time would not be able to tie his like lace his boots like he is such a good wrestler that like that gimmick like and and you're at the mercy of the company then like you want to you have this passion for wrestling and you want people to see you and then you walk into a meeting and they're like this is what we're gonna have you do you know like it's just uh, I wish that things were a little bit more PC sooner. And like starting in like 2003, maybe because some of that stuff it definitely wouldn't fly today. And to see somebody as talented as Eugene, like, be treated the way he was in that character, like, that was all icky. I I didn't like any of that either.
0: I mean, that was the same that was the same era that gave us uh, Schnitzky. It gave us Eugene. It gave us Eugene Schnitzky and uh, Festus. I mean that was just in my opinion <laughs> the, like the it's almost like the dark era of like you just I don't like it's not fun like yeah. I, I fast forward through a lot of the pay-per-views and be like all right this is just bad wrestling.
1: Mhm. That's why I chose WCW a lot of the time during the Attitude Era too. You know like I don't want to watch some 80-year-old woman give birth to a hand. And when people you know, talk about WCW, they think of the end of it. They think of just when it all went downhill right before it closed and when Vince bought it. But during their heyday, during like, I would say from like 1992 to like 1998, 1999, you would be very hard pressed to find a promotion in America that had as much talent as WCW had. They gave you Rey Mysterio. They gave you Eddie Guerrero. They gave you Dean fit and William Regal. They gave you, they had comedy acts like Alex Wright and disco Inferno, not going to speak too highly of disco Inferno now, but you know, like those guys were comedy gimmicks too, but they could still out wrestle a large part of the roster. And even though my formative years were spent around the attitude era, I still knew that my passion for professional wrestling was that it was the passion for wrestling, not so much the sports entertainment. I would rather watch an Iron Man match with, you know, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero than to watch anything like DX was doing at that point in time. It just didn't appeal to me. It wasn't my thing. So the attitude era and then that era you're talking about with like Eugene and Snitsky punting babies and, all that stuff like that. I that was a very dark time for professional wrestling because that's when the shift really started to focusing on sports entertainment, and it just it wasn't an era of wrestling for me.
0: Yeah, that, and I think that's that makes me feel not so bad about missing from. I mean, I yeah. miss Eddie. I, I missed his whole run in WWE. I I missed mm-hmm. miss Chris Benoit's whole run in WWE.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I remember him as four horsemen over, mm-hmm. you know, I remember that whole, whole thing on the WCW. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of glad I missed that section. Like, but yeah. But, um. So if you could narrow it down to your, like your whole, the whole broad spectrum, the moment that like your favorite William Regal moment from the beginning of his career to now, what would it be? What's your absolute favorite moment?
1: When he, and this is going to sound strange because I have such a a long period of time watching him, but to see what he was trying to do with the Blackpool Combat Club in um, AEW, that to me even right before then, I would say even like maybe two or three years before he came to AEW. So I would say the last five years of William Regal's career on screen and off screen has to be my favorite because he's been in the business. He started wrestling the year before I was born. So he's been wrestling since 1983 and he's been given the this world of like really shitty gimmicks and like just, Never the proper like flowers that he's deserved to get. But I think within the last five years where he's had the ability to be himself, to speak on the mic with the Blackpool Combat Club, to do things behind the scenes with AEW and the WWE. I personally believe that Brian Danielson wouldn't be as revered as he is right now if it wasn't for the likes of William Regal. Coming in and really making the Blackpool Combat Club. At first, I don't. I think people's opinions of them have changed from the beginning to now. But I think, without a doubt, that when Brian Danielson came in, William Regal's influence on that whole group really showed. Like this man is such a gem and very important to this business of not sports entertainment because his sports entertainment characters never worked. But as a professional wrestler and a lover of professional wrestling, I think he's finally getting his flowers of being as important as he is in the wrestling industry.
0: Very well. I mean, yeah. Uh, Haley does apologize. She has uh, been dealing with really uh, wonky Internet. And so she apologized. She had to uh, duck out. Um, And it's no problem, Haley. Thank you for stopping in. Hopefully we'll get yes, to Yes, thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, what is your, do you, th- is it going to be difficult for his son to <laughs> step into the, step? not necessarily, it's not fair to say if he's going to step into his dad's shoes, but do you think his son will be able to elevate into maybe not his status, but like trying to become, the not, and I don't want to say the next him, but cause you always want to say the first you. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think with the lineage, do you think he is going to be the, the star, a star like his father?
1: Yes, but I will say this. There are two, t- I just, I made a TikTok about this the other day whenever I was discussing Charlotte flair and how like you can use your name to get into the business, but you have to pave your own way to stay in the business. There are two types of like second, third, fourth generation wrestlers. Type number one is like a Charlotte flair. She kept the flair name and she's, I don't want to say piggybacking off of her dad's legacy because she's gone leaps and bounds above, but for lack of a better term, she piggybacks off the Flair name to say, I'm Rick Flair's daughter. That's why I'm so great. Then you have somebody like Charlie Dempsey. If you didn't have eyeballs and could tell he was William Regal's son, you wouldn't know that he was William Regal's son. He doesn't have an accent because he was born in America. He doesn't use the Regal name or like his real name at all. His name's Bailey Matthews, William Regal's Darren Matthews. They he doesn't use That name, like Michael McGillicuddy did, you know, he didn't use the Mr. Perfect name. He used his mom's maiden name, but he still used a name to kind of show that he was an individual because he didn't want to attach to his dad's name. And I think that's how Charlie Dempsey is. And with him being teamed up with Drew Gulak, it's going to be very hard for him not to be revered as a great wrestler. But one of the benefits I think Charlie Dempsey has is he'll get the respect of being an amazing professional wrestler shorter in his career than his dad did. So I think within the next three to five years, they're going to say that Charlie Dempsey is one of the best wrestlers within the WWE, whereas William Regal, it took until recently for people to give him the credit of being as good of a wrestler as he actually is. So I don't think Charlie's going to have a problem, especially because he's not using the Regal or Matthews name to get himself to where he is. If anything, he's kind of distanced himself from his father and kind of came in when Regal left. So he didn't even ride the coattails of his dad coming in.
0: I mean, he, he did it in my opinion. He did it the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um
0: another person we're talking about uh second generation, Brian Pillman Jr. just recently signed with. And I'm oh. quite excited about that. I am hopefully hopefully the performance center and NXT handles him the correct way and gives him his push because I firmly I, I really believe that he's going to be a better wrestler than his dad. And I
1: don't think that Brian, Brian Pillman senior, I, I don't think he had enough time to show everything that he could have done. And I think that that is a benefit to Brian Pillman jr. And I think that um, it's harder for somebody as like revered as Brian Pillman Sr. is to step into that shadow. Um, I think that a lot of people didn't give Brian Pillman Jr. his credit because AEW didn't really know what to do with him or do anything with him after Julia Hart left. You know, like I, I think that even though he's been known because of AEW, this is going to be his first real big shot. And I made a joke when I saw the rumors a couple months ago that he was on his way. I said, please do not have him join um, Chase U because I could see them doing some dumb thing like putting him in Chase U because of his like varsity blondes gimmick in AEW. And I'm like, please let him do something else. You know, he rides a motorcycle and he literally could be the same type of character as his father you could even put him in a tag team with another, you know, legacy, you know, wrestler and kind of do something with that. You know, so I'm really excited to see where that goes for him. I, I really am.
0: I Yeah, I am, too. I'm really excited to see what they do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about news, I believe you have some big news and you have uh, some talking about your your uh future project
1: yes so okay it's it's funny because we didn't plan on this but um william regal being british kind of leads into this and matt you get the you get the scoop i haven't publicly announced this yet other than to friends on um my tiktok so here's the news Starting at the beginning, like you said, you know, I fell off from watching wrestling for a while, too. Graduated high school, got into adult things. I met my ex-husband it, at the end of 2005. We started dating and took He's a big wrestling fan. so so um, we, uh, my, somebody was calling me. We um, um, kind of started watching wrestling again, and then the network came out. And I, you know, got back into wrestling again. So I watched it, but that passion wasn't there like it was whenever I was a kid. So he, Joe broke a fire stick for us, and I could watch like horror movies from all over the world and things that were in theaters and anybody that dealt with a, you know, this is pre Netflix the way it is and pre that kind of stuff. So I was going through the wrestling folder. And I saw this company called Progress Wrestling. And I was like, oh, what's this? And from that minute on, this was probably back in like maybe 2013, 2014. I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing. There wasn't any of this like cheesy, like sports entertainment stuff that I personally don't prefer as my first choice. So I jumped into that rabbit hole. So I've been talking about progress for going on a decade now. So fast forward to current times, and I get a follow notification on my TikTok and my Instagram that I'm now being followed by both owners of Progress. So, of course, I'm freaking out, super excited. Then I go the other day, I had 89 message requests in my tiktok folder and a lot of them were people sending their condolences on bray wyatt and just checking in to see how i'm feeling and that kind of stuff and then i go down and i see this one message from one of the owners of progress so he tells me to email him so i sent him over an email spazzing out you know as one could expect and um we start chatting and he decided That he wants to sponsor me. So now I am officially um, sponsored, affiliated, however you want to put it, with Progress Wrestling. Which, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. So, right now, um, I will update. I'm going to update all of my socials um, to reflect the link and everything. But they have been so gracious to give me... A discount code for demand progress. So when the WWE Network was its own entity, um, you could watch certain companies that were affiliated with the WWE. So you could watch Evolve, where like Matt Riddle came from. You know, um, Keith Lee was there. Austin Theory, like all those guys, com- came from Evolve. Then they had a category for European wrestling promotions. So they had Progress, they had WXW, um, they had some other, you know, smaller independent companies. But all those contracts ran out and Progress had to go back on its own streaming service. So why is this beneficial now? With WWE allegedly going into nxt europe getting rid of nxt uk but keeping talent like walter well you know gunther um pete dunn tyler bates uh noam dar like a, a lot of this talent um you're going to see a lot of nxt uk talent come back for nxt europe you still see them now on the roster and i've had conversations with people because they've been like Why should I care about Noam Dark? Or why should I care about Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn? Why should I care about this title reign from Gunther or Imperium? This is how you get caught up. So, Progress still has all of their footage. And if you're not super into, you know, the NXT UK guys or anything like that, you can go watch Malachi Black when he was, you know, Tommy End. You can go watch Matt Riddle. You can go watch The Elite. You can go watch um, Blair Davenport and Tony Storm. You can watch a lot of this talent that is in all of your favorite promotions. You get Dan Maloney. You get Chris Brooks. You get Will Ospreay. You get all of this talent, and it kind of gives you their origin story about why you should care about them now. So, you can watch all of the library of everything that Progress has had a week after pay per views are on or special events. It shows up on Demand Progress. Right now, they just switched back to their own platform. They did have a different platform, but it isn't carried by them anymore. So now they have their own. Um, It is, uh, and like I said, I'll update my link tree and everything so you can go check it out. But it is Demand Progress Plus dot com or i'm sorry demand progress plus dot progress wrestling dot com so what it offers you is um 20 off of your first month now it's not expensive i think it's like 899 it depends on what country you live in because obviously its platform is out of england They did just announce that they have a North American investor, so they are spreading into America. So that's another reason why you should give a little bit of attention to progress because they're spanning into North America. So you might see some of their talent show up in AEW or show up in Defy or Wrestling Revolver or some of your favorite independent promotions, maybe even Impact. Because um, Ring of Honor used to feature a lot of that talent, and now they're spread all over the world. So all of that to say, (laughs) I am now an affiliate of Progress Wrestling, and I can offer you 20% off if you use code SHAYNA20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off of your first month, and then you can continue to catch up on all of the wonderful content that Progress Wrestling
0: has to offer. That's awesome.
1: awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty excited because I never, my end goal, and I've been putting this out in the universe, is to work with them directly in regards to like a backstage interviewing position when they're in the States. Um, I've been trying to convince them to work with me uh, during Mania weekend um, next year in Philly because I am only about four hours away from Philly. Um, so uh, I'm putting it out in the universe. So if you guys wouldn't mind sprinkling a little positivity on that, uh, that is my end goal at this point.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to, everyone that's watching or listening or and watching this at a later date or listening to this later on positive vibes. This is the kind of stuff that happens. I'm telling you, yes. I'm telling you, TikTok. The TikTok family will thrive. I promised you that. Mm-hmm. We yes. got each other. We got each other in this. Yes. Um, and
1: I wouldn't be able to do any of this. And I want to say this to you and to Dad Hat and SelfBet and Bree and Luna and Hacksaw Ham, Duggan, Decent, like uh, Dan the Mayor. Everybody that we've all gotten close to over, I'm just going to say the last year, because really for all of us everybody's celebrating their one year anniversary of their podcasts and their shows. And if it wasn't for you guys giving me the, you know, confidence to, I never thought three people would want to listen to me talk about professional wrestling. Now I'm almost to 8,000. I have a goal of 10,000 followers by the end of the year. I think it's feasible. And The fact that not just me, but like Lana, Lana Banana, she's done things for progress because they've seen her, you know, her content and they enjoy her. Sienna Chanel, she's doing ring announcing for, you know, an independent company. It's just like, we talk about the toxicity within the community all the time, but the people that are supporters of all of us, Or the reason why any of us get to do this. You know, it's the reason why people get affiliate on, you know, Twitch. It's the reason why people get sponsorships on here. If it wasn't for TikTok, I wouldn't be able to accomplish a goal that I didn't even know I'd be able to accomplish. You know, like anybody sitting back and watching, thinking, I can't do this. I can't, you know, make content. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you will find your tribe as cheesy as that is, you will find your group of people that push you to be better and to do more things. And that's all you need. Sometimes you just need one person to tell you that you can do it. And if I'm that person for you, just know you can do it. And things can change in a year. You know, you'll have good times, you'll have bad times, you'll gain people in your life, you'll lose people in your life. But your core friend group will stick by you and push you to be better and just don't give up. Don't look at the toxicity and decide that this isn't for you because it's not always like that. Find your people that make you feel safe. Find your people that, you know, make you want to be better and you will. And that's all I've got to say about that.
0: (laughs) You talk about one year. I just, I just looked through my stuff and I am three or four days ago, I was my one year of 1K. And I was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Wow. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to do something special for it. But I was like, I mean, is that too cliche? I'm celebrating a year of being able to go live with people.
1: No, it isn't. Because the fact that, like, you, there are people that, I would rather be slow and steady winning the race because it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There are people that we all know who gained a following like that, who got to 15, 20,000 followers. And now because they didn't stay authentic, they didn't stay true to their fan base, they didn't stay true to their friends, they didn't stay true to the people who got them where they were, now their profile's private and they're not growing. There are people that took off two, three years ago during COVID, and they have lost everything. They did not stay authentic and true to themselves. So celebrate every milestone, celebrate 10 followers, celebrate 100, celebrate 1,000. In the world of content creation, it's hard to organically grow an audience but on an app like TikTok, everybody offers something different. It's not like you can watch me but not enjoy you, but not enjoy self-bet, but not enjoy Brie. You can enjoy and support everybody because everybody's got their own take. So don't ever sit and think, well, why would I celebrate a, a thousand? That's a big deal. Some people have been on this app for three or four years and haven't even been able to break a thousand. You I'm know, so they've rich. been... That's yeah, that blows my mind That blows my absolute mind Because he is so Creative and so talented And like I always say that About like um, the real Kirk Cameron I say that about him too Why that man does not have like 2 million followers I don't know Because the creativity that like him and XLJ have And all those guys Like it blows my mind That they are not bigger than what they are Because they deserve a lot more Than what they've gotten
0: his XLj when he sends me those pictures or those videos of his dog uh-huh that's my favorite that's like I I will repeat watch those I'll, I'll I will mm-hmm. share those to my like, to my non-wrestling family mm-hmm. be like all right yeah well, you gotta check the, and but
1: yeah and I do that with the real Kirk Cameron too because he like. He's, he always finds himself in a little bit of controversy sometimes. But, like, I people that I know that don't watch wrestling but like music and pop culture, like, when he picks a picture of some random person like Vince Neal and says it's Chris Jericho and things like that, his comment, he is just so quick-witted. And some of the stuff he posts, I'm like, where does this even come from? Like, where, where do these ideas even come from? Like, some people are so talented on this app. And that's why I say... Celebrate everything. Celebrate, like I think it's cute whenever like somebody posts that like their favorite TikToker followed them back or their favorite wrestler retweeted their tweet. Like Elisa, when she um when Carrie Cross started follow well, when, when yeah, when Carrie Cross and Scarlet like shared her post and um followed her on Twitter, her tears were I felt that, you know? Like I remember back to when like I was a huge British invasion fan, loved the British invasion. Doug Williams and I are very good friends now. So like looking back at that is crazy. I've, I've worked with things with Nick Aldis, like it's so just like, you might think that it's not that big of a deal, but it is that big of a deal because it's something that you love. And celebrate that, you know, and you're at the right place to celebrate your one year of getting a thousand followers because we'll all support you because we know how big of a deal that is. And to think like 10 people want to listen, but a thousand, like, it's just, it's such a crazy concept, you know?
0: So you talk about like the different people, like I'm still in awe of my, like what we've done, like what my brother and I, he's out, he's listening to this we had okay so in the last year we've talked to wildcat chris harris
1: Mm -hmm. oh brain (laughs) walker
0: we've talked to shane taylor Mm -hmm. duke the dumpster drosie we talked to alex kane we've talked to mr kennedy we've talked to danny birch talked to you know (laughs) jackson Riker. We've we've talked to so many people. And by the way, whoever broke that story yesterday that he is retiring, we broke that three months ago, but that's all right. Well, I'll let that one slide this time. <laughs> um no, it's big veto in our in that um, in that discussion we had yesterday on TikTok um with that certain somebody who we won't bring to light any any longer um yeah big veto was in there and before that whole thing happened he actually like we were having a back and forth him and big veto was just commenting on my just and we were having a wrestling conversation before that whole thing Mm -hmm. and to me i was like what what's going on yeah it's so
1: crazy yeah and like it's it's just so funny because you like Trent Seven and I have been friends on Instagram for I guess it's been maybe about like four years now and it's I'm embarrassed half the time because I forget that we're friends and he watches my story and the way I pine over this man is borderline embarrassing but at any rate like it's just crazy that you look back at people and you're like I've watched them wrestle for a long time they're now like a peer almost like not really a peer because I'm not wrestling but we're kind of in the same ballpark you know what I mean and with Vito like I made the video right after Bray Wyatt's passing about the 10 Bell Salute situation and that was a hot topic for a few days and Vito backed me up like he agreed with what I was saying. And for somebody who has experience within the biggest wrestling company in the world to validate the things that we say, that is a big deal because ultimately we're making content about their livelihood, about their career, about what they've spent their entire life being dedicated to. And to get the validation that we're doing a good job, because if you weren't doing a good job, those guys wouldn't agreed to be on your show. You know, like if you had a bad reputation, you know, some of those guys might not have agreed to be on your show. And the fact that you've worked your butt off to talk to these people, you know, it's, it means something. It adds to, to your portfolio. It, it adds to you. It gives you more confidence. You can, people can hate on you all they want to on the internet, but have they talked to Mr. Anderson? Have they had interviews with Danny Birch? Have they, you know, talked to Jackson Riker? I mean, he's a controversial figure, obviously, but still, you know, like he's a name in the business, especially now that people are talking about. And it, you know, should give you validation that you might think that it's goofy to celebrate a thousand, you know, followers, but. To be honest, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be where you are now. So you have every right to celebrate everything that you've ever done.
0: And I appreciate that. No problem. We are sitting at one forty-five. I know that's kind of your cutoff point. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. And we will. You're welcome. We will definitely set up episode three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and episode three, I want to do rivalries. So. In the in in the in the month or so in between this episode and your next one whenever we schedule it think of a rivalry that you would like to talk about for 45 minutes okay
1: okay I could do that
0: and so again and thank you everyone for stopping by listening yes, thank you uh, we appreciate it and uh, it's it's as always a Blessing to have such a good friend in you, Shayna. Oh, thank I, you. I, you too. Uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you. And uh, even though I blow your phone up probably on a daily basis with.
1: No problem. If it was, I would turn off your notifications and you would never hear from me.
0: <laughs> um, there is something I, I have to share with you off camera if you have a second. Sure. Uh, I think you'll get a little giggle out of it. I just don't want to make it something on here. Uh, sure. so thank you guys everyone uh we'll be back next week with wheels michael DePlessis will be with us talking about if i do if i remember right he chose eddie guerrero so oh now i'll cry
1: next week
0: <laughs> that will be a fun fun one uh so thank you guys and uh we'll see you next time bye guys